Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. There's a lot of stories coming out of Ukraine, uh, many that have been just unimaginably sad and horrific. Cities bombed, millions displaced. But where there is darkness, there's also light. And uh, we talked about that earlier in the show, that when it is most dark, you got to look for your friends. And often you see the friends in the light, the light of service and volunteers. We always ask on this program, do something that makes a difference. Can you make a difference? Can you actually be a miracle worker? Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. Well, we are looking for some of those miracle workers, and we're really pleased to have joining us on the line, Dr. Holly Richardson, a newly minted doctor, by the way. Congratulations on that. She's also the editor at Utah Policy, and she is currently in Germany and has been going back and forth uh, to Poland. Uh, and uh, Holly, you, I remember the first day of the invasion when uh, Vladimir Putin's troops crossed that border. You immediately knew uh, that there was going to be challenges for many refugees, uh, women and children in particular, uh, and you knew you had to do something, and now you're over there doing it. Uh, walk us through that process. Yeah, that's right. So I've actually been volunteering um, internationally since about 2006, and um, I've been working with refugees since 2017. And uh, as soon as it was obvious that Putin was going to bomb Ukraine, send missiles, whatever, that that um, there would be an exodus. I, I was surprised at how many have left. It's, the numbers are just amazing. The UNHCR says they think about 6 million have left the country and another 7 million are displaced within the country. Um, but they're largely women and children. So the men are staying behind. Um, there's a couple of exceptions if you're over 60 uh, if you're under 18, which makes you a child, or if you are the father of three or more children, they, you have a choice. Mm -hmm. You can either stay and fight or you can leave with your family and try to find a job somewhere. So I knew right away that there was going to be problems. I was also in the middle of finishing a dissertation and the PhD process, so it had to wait a little bit. Um, but I was able to come right after I graduated, actually. So I've been here just over a week. And so as you've been there uh, in Poland, as you've seen some uh, walk across, some come by train, give us uh, yep. just a, a little bit of a visual of what are you seeing uh, as you move around? So one of the things I think that is so heartening is to see how many people are there and from how many parts of the world. So 
you name it, and there are people there. So I saw people with vests that said Russians for Ukraine. I saw people from Brazil who didn't speak any Polish or Ukrainian or Russian, but they wanted to help. Um, I also don't speak those languages. <laughs> um, I saw people from UK and from the countries all around um, all around Ukraine have opened their doors and, and they're going into Poland. And of course, there's Americans there as well. But we're not the largest group. And that, to me, it's really heartwarming to see how much the world has stepped up to help. Yeah, it's amazing. So as as you've been able to to move around there and to see what what are those needs, uh, how are those needs being met? Yeah, so it, as you might imagine, the the situation is very fluid and it changes day by day. So as things calm down in certain areas of Ukraine, people are going back. So there are people who are going back to Kiev. Um, life is coming back a little bit there. They know it's precarious that they want to go back. But there are others also that that are looking for housing. Um, sometimes it's temporary, right? They they just they just want some stability and some safety while the actual war is going on. But even as you look long term, even if you go back, if you're going back to a city that's just been decimated and destroyed, you have to rebuild from the infrastructure up, right? So so housing, jobs, um, food, shelter. They're coming with basically either uh, bags that they can carry or suitcases that they can roll, and and that's it, right? So imagine you're leaving and you've got to take everything that you think critically important to you. What are you going to take, right? So so I've seen people who um, are the World Central Kitchen, for example, is giving giving away food and they're everywhere. So it was started by a professional chef, Jose Andres. And he, he, his organization has given out 25 million meals um, since the war began. There are people who are translating documents and helping people get into different countries. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. The reason I'm in Germany is because Germany has actually um, been working on resettling refugees since the Syrian crisis in 2015. And so I wanted to come up and see how things were going here. And and they really have a a very relatively smooth process for integrating people into society. And so today I went to a German um, language lesson. It's all by immersion. And I picked up a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's amazing what happens uh, in this. Tell us, you shared a real powerful uh, piece on Deseret.com today, uh, talking about some of some of the helpers, some of those lights, and uh, some of those inspirational stories that uh, just show that the greatness of the human spirit and just what happens when we when we link arms together. Share some of that with us. Well, one of the stories that I didn't even put in the article was um, a woman that I met in Warsaw. 
she's working in what used to be an expo center. It's now housing 3,000 refugees, and she is there about 14 hours a day. She actually had a job. She now volunteers full-time, and she said, she said to me, it makes me happy. I wake up happy. And she said, I wanted to help. And she is there all day, every day. And she has a smile on her face and she is feeding and helping people who need it. And so it's, you know, it's not just us from the West coming in and saying, how can we help? It's people locally. It's, it's refugees themselves, right? People who've been there a little longer say, hey, I can help you. Let me show you what I figured out. And they're, they're trying to lead by example. So many, many examples like that. Uh, and I love the way you closed out your piece talking about uh, really that thing that we all should wonder about and that commitment to uh, never yeah. again. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, that's something I wondered the whole time since this since this war broke out, because, you know, we say that a lot, never again or never forget. And, and I, I really was wondering what that actually meant. And when I had saw the number of people who were there to help by the hundreds, probably thousands here to help in any way that they can. I thought that's how it that's how we make sure that it's never again, right? That we show up, we don't turn a blind eye, we share the stories and and we're there to lift, you know, strengthen the feeble knees yeah. um and the hands that hang down and people are coming across traumatized but they're they're also they're also grateful um that there are so many people that are standing with them. Uh, fantastic. Dr. Holly Richardson uh, joining us from Germany now on her way back to the uh, Polish uh, and Ukraine border, uh, being part of that light, part of those miracle workers and part of the helpers. And uh, we appreciate you sharing that story and for all the great work that's going on over there to make a difference, uh, because that's what we do with our fellow travelers. Uh, again, Dr. Holly yeah. Richardson, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks, Floyd. Uh, again, that was Dr. Holly Richardson. She is the uh, editor of Utah Policy, and uh, she is there in uh, Germany right now. They're kind of resupplying and refocusing uh, a little bit there, and then and then and then we'll go back uh, to the Polish border there as they help those refugees as they come across. And uh, important things for all of us to look at. Again, six point five million people have been displaced. Uh, and they all need help. They all need support. And it's amazing what one person can do. You can make a difference. Uh, and it doesn't matter how you do it. What matters is that you do it. We'll be right back. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.